So this is taken from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. Amen. Now, I am sure uh, what I'm about to say never happens to you because you're all far too young. But do you ever have that moment when maybe you go into a room and you forget why you went in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the moment today. I was setting up communion uh, there before the service, and I was just staring at it thinking, there's something that I forgot. What is that? And I, it took me a while. It was the wine. I'd forgotten the wine. So, so it happens, doesn't it, where you just, or you listen to a piece of music, and it's from a film or something, and you just can't place the film, and you try every film that you know, and eventually you get there. It's, it's a sign actually not of old age, but of sheer intelligence and beauty. Did you know that? So you can reassure yourselves you're a hugely intelligent and, and beautiful people. Well, uh, well, lo and behold, the, the church, when it was kind of beginning out, um, was mainly run by men. And it's a shock, isn't it? And, um, and, and they used to have those moments where they would walk into rooms and forget what they were doing as well. And they would kind of forget about what the church should be doing. So they had a bright idea. They said to themselves, why don't we create a church calendar? And in that church calendar, we'll mark out some really key events for the church. So throughout the kind of, throughout a whole year, uh, we can make sure that the church remembers really important things. And they all said to each other, that's a really good idea. And then they paused and they couldn't remember what the idea was. But hey, no, sorry, I made that bit up. I like that. But, uh, but anyway, so they, they, they made it. And so it all starts off the church new year. Do you know where the new year is in church? Advent. It's a couple of weeks' time. It's just, it goes wild here. You have Advent, and uh, then you've got Christmas. You heard of that one? Yeah, they've changed the date this year. So uh, then you've got, Christ- you got Christmas. After Christmas, it's Epiphany, everyone's favourite. And then you have Lent, where you all feel awful about yourselves. And then Good Friday, you feel awful for Jesus. And then it's Easter Sunday, you feel good about everything. And then you hit uh, Pentecost, which is the Holy Spirit. And we all get excited and think, gosh, we were charismatics. Let's keep up with that bit. And then it's Ordinary Time. And then it's just the teaching series come out and I get quite at home and happy about that but today in November in the whole of November it's kind of a season of remembering okay it's a season of remembering and it's partly to help us to remember key things so the next couple of weeks we're doing a bit of remembering okay so so hopefully I'll remember to remember so uh, today we're looking at all saints so remembering the saints that have gone before us next week is called all souls particularly the 4 p.m., then people will be invited to light a candle in, in thankfulness and memory of those who, who you maybe have lost in the last year or so, or people who are precious to you, uh, no longer with you. And as the month goes on, it ends with remembering Christ, our King.
King, our Lord and our King. So there's all these little acts of remembrance. But today uh, we're thinking about all saints, okay? Not the band, for those who remember, or the brand, uh, but the day, the Christian kind of calendar of all saints. Now, here's the thing. Um, to get to be a saint, you have to be dead, which rules most of us, yeah, most of us out in this room. And you have to be kind of, uh, you know, well-known by the Catholics kind of thing, which does rule out most of us, really. So uh, if you get to be dead and you get to be Catholic and then the Pope hears of you and you do a cheeky few miracles while you're dead, you know, I wouldn't put it past some of you, uh, then you're more likely to become a saint and then you get to be a saint. That's how you get it. And then if you're really good, you will get a stained glass window, okay? And uh, we have already done one for Shane Pincher. He's got one. He's many years left in him yet, but we are going to put a lovely, just a big portrait right now. Uh, uh, Not to embarrass Shane. But anyway, but here's the thing. The Bible doesn't speak like that. The Bible actually says that we are all saints, that we are saints already because what Christ has done. So when Paul writes lots of his letters in the New Testament, he says, to the saints that are here, to the saints there, to the saints here, there, and everywhere. And every, he doesn't actually say that, but these are all the different places. And he says that actually, if we are followers of Christ, we are all saints already. So just to get it into our heads and hearts, I just want you for 30 seconds Hold on there, you introverts. 30 seconds. Turn to the person next to you and introduce yourself as a saint. So I would say, I am Saint James, and this is Saint Sarah. So I am Saint Sarah. And if you've got your partner uh, with you, you can just kindly help them to remember that they are married or partner with a saint. And they'd they'd appreciate that, honestly. So so just introduce yourself as Saint so-and-so. 30 seconds. That is it. And then we'll all come back together, okay? I am Saint so-and-so. So... Excellent. You're all, you're all sainted now, aren't you? Fantastic. So, so I think we should start referring to each other. We've got some lovely cakes after the service, after communion. It won't be long. We'll finish at five, I promise. And, uh, but you can ha- you know, eat some cakes and just talk to each other as saints, saint so-and-so, whatever your name is. And, and that's who we are. Now, if you're like me, you come from what's called an evangelical background. That's like a, a highly kind of Bible-believing background. And you don't like mumbo-jumbo. And you particularly don't like the Anglican church, which is why I got uh, ordained in it. Or you're a bit suspicious about these sorts of things. It's, it's, it's basically, it's in the Bible, so you're all right, okay? It's in the Bible, there's a verse about it earlier, it's okay. And basically what it says is this, is that, let me put it like this, when... Uh, every Sunday, we have to count how many people are here, okay? Now, I always double it because it just looks better. Okay, I don't really. I don't really. Tempted. So you have to count how many people are here, okay? But here's the thing. We don't really know how many people are here. We, we know how many people we can see are here. But actually, if you are a believer in Jesus and you read that scripture, you realize that we are surrounded by the heavenly witnesses. It's like a big race, you know, like uh, the Olympics, you know, when um, yeah, probably some of you saw when I was the Olympics and doing the 1500. When, we, when I was, in, you're surrounded by people cheering you on, and it's a little bit like that's the image that the Bible gives us. So when the church gathers together to worship, it is only us in the room, as it were. But in one sense, it's like the whole of heaven is cheering us on, saying, "You're doing a fantastic job. It's really difficult, I know, and they've got the scars to prove it. But you are doing great, and in your workplace, and it's horrible, and it's naff. But honestly, you're doing so well, and they're cheering you on like mad. They're going." 
crazy. It's like that great big cheer. Or if you watch, ever watch tennis and there's a big cheer when they score a great point, it's like the saints are cheering us on. And the more that we can kind of take inspiration from the saints, it helps us live our life. It's not that we pray to them or we worship them or we think, you know, they're our saviour. It's more like they're great examples, but they don't just belong in the past. They kind of help us uh, in the present. So these saints, it says in Hebrews, are cheering us on. And then when we have communion in a bit, you'll see it. We come to this bit, we talk about the, the whole of the world and we join in heaven's song. Heaven's song is what all the angels are singing to God. Whenever we come together in church, we're joining with the angelic host singing. And the Bible says there are myriads and myriads, is that how you say they're not very good with some, some words, but loads of them are basically around the heaven's song. So I'm going to put all them into the, the service of register and the bishops. There's, there's thousands of us here because everybody's kind of worshipping and gathering. So that's kind of the theology of sainthood. And then in Christ, God calls us in Christ and then we're put in Christ and so we become saints. So we are all saints. It's pretty cool, isn't it? And, and it's, it's quite amazing. But I wasn't going to say any of that, so I'll get to the point really quickly. But I want to tell you about two saints in particular that will come on screen. Do anyone know, recognize who they are? They come out most years. Uh, uh, on the left, uh, or my, yeah, your left as well, uh, it, this is Julian of Norwich. Julian of Norwich. She didn't actually look like that. That's a bit of graffiti. Uh, on the right is St. Francis, okay, St. Francis of Assisi. So Julian was from Norwich. See what she did there? And uh, Francis was uh, from Assisi, Francis of Assisi. So it's like James from Dudley or something like that. It's kind of a simple way of explaining uh, who people are. And I want to pick out these two saints because they are so, so different and yet teach us so much. So Francis, if you know about Francis, he, he would, I think, he would have been, you, you know, we're, on, all, we're all on spectrum somewhere. I'm on some sort of spectrum anyway. He was on all of them. He was on all of them, okay? So he would not stand still, okay? He was hyperactive, always, always doing stuff. Julian, on the other hand, all she did was sit down all day. She probably, you know, went to the loo somewhere and all that sort of stuff. But she sat down all day. She didn't go anywhere. She was stuck in... Norwich. Francis would be kind of roaming around a CC, enjoying himself, talking to the birds and the wolves and the trees. He would literally would talk to them. He was a forerunner to our king and he would chat to them and get on well with them and he'd be out and about. Where Julian, she just was in lockdown. Literally, she was in lockdown. Francis was in a time where, where kind of he hated reading. He didn't like any of his, he had a little merry band of followers. And he said, you're not allowed to read anything. Not really even the, kind of read the Bible, but he just didn't like reading. He was clearly dyslexic. He didn't like reading, but, and he didn't want to write anything. And he had to write stuff and he never wrote very well and all that sort of stuff. Julian, she wrote something. She wrote about these revelations she had of Jesus. And you can, uh, there's lots of stuff on iPlay, not iPlay, the other one, BBC Sounds about her at the moment. And um, she was the first lady author that we have uh, in history, actually. The first lady author that we have written down. I'm sure there are other lady authors. But funny enough, men create the history and get rid of the women authors. But hers survived. So her book called Revelations of the Divine Love is well worth reading. It's the first book that we have uh, from a woman author. So she loved writing. Frances hated it. She loved being still. Frances was hyperactive. Frances had a little friend, a little load of little mates. So, and they were pretty sure. So I've been to a CC and you go to his uh, grave. Just go to his grave. And all around his grave are all his mates. Not, not lit, not... They're not there in the, their grave, you understand? Not, not, not weirdly in their skeleton form or something like that. They are all chatting away. Uh, no, they're all kind of... Sorry. Julian, she... It's not fair to say she didn't have any friends, uh, but she was on her own all the time. She was on her own all the time. And they both lived through massive transitions. And this is the first point. In order to be a saint... 
the only requirement that all these saints had was that they lived through really, really tough times. I don't know about you, I always want to find somewhere where it's easier to be a Christian. Do you? I, I always think it's, it's easy. I always think it's easier for them. I know, we can, where's Dave? We can delete things, can't we, Dave? And yeah, I always say HTB, only Trinity, but it must be so easy there. You get loads of money. Do you know what I mean? And there's loads of posh people and, and everyone, can, everyone can make beautiful coffee. It's in London. It's a beautiful church, you know. I think I'd like to go there. I don't really want to go there. But that must be nice though. Or over there, that must be. But here's the thing. There isn't anywhere really easy to be a Christian. And actually, this thing that Francis and June have in common is that they lived in really challenging, difficult times. None of them had easy times. Julian lived through the plague. So she was in literally in lockdown. She, was, she saw thousands and thousands and thousands of people die. So her revelations of Jesus was all about his suffering and his pain. And I'll come back to that in a moment. Francis lived through a massive uh, period of change where you wouldn't believe it. The rich people got richer. It's stunning. You wouldn't think it would happen, would you? They got richer and the poor people got poorer. And they, and, and they started to build these cities and towns that didn't feel very personable and hospitable to him. There was huge changes in the 12th and 13th century. In other words, tough times produce saints. Tough times produce saints. So, so all of us here are saints because we would have lived through and gone through some difficult times in our lives where our faith will be stretched, our faith will be challenged, and we're not quite sure how we're going to cope, how we're going to get through stuff, or what to make sense of God, and all these sorts of things. But that's what makes saints in those times. It's in the tough times. We all got to go. No, don't worry. Uh, so the second point is this. Actually, go to the, I think it's the third point, John. Yeah, next one. Thank you is this, that all saints, not keep thinking of the band, uh, the saints, uh, Francis and Julian both lived through tough times, but they both had uh, something to do. They both had this huge sense of calling upon their lives. And that's something that we share in. We may not be called like Francis is called, you know, to, I mean, it's a good job because he dies really early from burnout and gets all these funny little infections and martyrdom and all sorts of amazing, wonderful things. And we may not be all called to be like Julian, which is a shame because that just sounds really nice if you're introvert sitting on your own you look out a little window people pass by ask for advice and then on they go you wouldn't really have to get into a relationship with them you know it sounds quite appealing doesn't it no just to me then uh, uh you know so but we are all have our own calling so for francis his calling was this he was kneeling by kneeling by the cross there's a cross it wasn't actually in this place it's in Assisi, but you can still see the cross there's a cross hanging over there and you can you can still see it we've got it over there actually i don't know Dan, could you grab, see the cross behind the cross? It sounds very profound, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Dan is, yes, there you go. So that is a picture. Dan will model it soup. Look at that. Born to be a vicar. Uh, uh, no, that would do. Prince, that's the cross, not the actual one, but that's an image of the cross that Francis was kneeling behind. And he heard the voice of Jesus. It said this, Francis, can you rebuild my church for she is in ruins? Rebuild my church for she is in ruins. Isn't it interesting? God didn't say, could you leave the church, start another one, because that one's a bit naff didn't say that you'd think he would considering how many people think they've said that since but he didn't say that to Francis he said rebuild my church for she's in ruins so Francis took that quite literally and started to rebuild the church he, he went out to start to work and and fix the church and you know, he's tried here as well and and he soon realized you're never going to fix every church but he realized what what Fran, what Jesus was saying was it's a spiritual renewal it was a spiritual renewal so he began that work of spiritual renewal he had that thing to do and when he died he said this he said 
everyone was like, right, what, do we, what have we got to do now? You know, what's the plan, Francis? Because he started this huge movement. And he said, I don't know. I just worked out what I had to do. Christ told me what to do, and I did that. And you've got to work it out for yourselves. But that Francis, you've built this big movement. What's the plan? What's the strategy? What's the structure? I don't know. I've just done what God's told me to do. Can you do what God's told you to do? In other words, like Aslan says to Lucy when Lucy's asking about the other kids and why aren't they come back to Narnia, he says to Lucy, it's not your story. It's their story. So there's something about embracing our calling if we're as followers of Jesus, as saints, whatever that may be. We not be, may not be called to build churches. You might be. God bless you. But whatever it is that you feel, that's what I want to do. You just do it, and you do it with all your might, and you go for it, and God will sustain you. And that's the beauty of what the saints remind us, that we each have, in different shapes and sizes, our own unique calling. And we just find out as we go along, and we do it. And God only ever guides moving feet. If you're staying still and trying to listen, you might not get anywhere. But just start doing stuff, and very quickly you'll find what God's going to do. So, one last quote from Julian Norwich, because we've got communion, and... um, I'm conscious we've got to get on. Uh, But she said this, in the midst of all this suffering and pain, she said one of the most beautiful things uh, you can ever hear. She said this, and I hope this might be for, for some of us here. She said this, all shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. All shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. And she said that in the context of seeing so much pain and so much suffering. But she had this vision of Christ, and she knew in Christ, at the end of the day, everything's going to be okay. It's a really, really beautiful um, and promising word. So I just want to share that with you. So I just pray, then we have a bit of worship, and then we'll share communion together. Loving God, thank you for the saints that have gone before us that are examples to us. Thank you that they're cheering us on as we try to work our way of following Jesus. But we thank you that all they remind us of is that you call all of us to follow you. And I pray for all of us here this afternoon that we might discover that calling for us. Not the calling that we think we ought to have, but the calling for us. Just the little things we've got to do to follow you in our day and age. And as we worship and share communion, may that truth just really melt our hearts in worship to you. Amen.